Listen, it's June on you hoes. Welcome to Millennial Love. What's up, guy? Why are you laughing? I just ran a tweet. <laughs> Wait. Why are you laughing? Because she's like. <clears throat> like she, said, she said, she said, listen, it's June on you, loads. And I'm like, like, I'm just. Okay, it's June. <laughs> but the way you said it was like, bitch, I'm about to. It's come my in. birthday. Right. It means absolutely nothing. 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 But <laughs> welcome back oh to God. episode 113 of Millennial Love. We discussed. 15. Oh, God. 115. See, that's why we had to delete that last episode. 115 of Millennial Love, where we discussed sex, love, and how we're selfish AF. Slow this down. is Cara D. This is me. This is Justin. Y'all almost died. (laughs) Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to live tweet us, make sure you hashtag ML3. That way we can see your tweets and respond. And if you feel so inclined, you may also add us on Twitter, which our Twitter is at Millennial Love, M-I-L-L-E-N-N. N I A L O O V three. Um also if you want to continue to support us financially, we are willing and able to accept <laughs> any and all monetary donations. Um shout out to Joy Archie for sending us a few coins today. We appreciate that, my girl. Yes, we but do. if you want to uh hit us with some cash, you can send us money via Cash App, money symbol min- Millie. Love, that's L-O-V-3. Also, we have PayPal um, as well. And our email is millenniallove at gmail.com. Or is it info? Info. Excuse me. Our email on there is info at millenniallove.com. So if you want to help us out, because we are doing some big things, and we're appreciative of everybody who has already given and contributed to our cause. Thank you. It's pre-summer. So, what <laughs> these niggas got going in these streets? Well, um, it's been three years since Harambe passed. What? Okay. <laughs> First of um, all, I didn't know who that was for a second. <laughs> and then I thought about it and was like, Rest why in peace are we to Harambe. Talking about I the like that name. Well, you, you name your baby Harambe then. <laughs> so I can. My child name is going to be Samson. Y'all know they really did not want, like, the white people was really upset that they killed that gorilla. That gorilla? Yeah. They said that lady should have kept her baby. <laughs> like, your baby shouldn't have been over there. Which I is mean, true. I mean, I was about to say, that's, <laughs> that's facts. Like, it's... Dang. Y'all want them to keep the animal? I mean, the animal kind of did what it was supposed to do with what happened to it. <laughs> 
This is true, but this if y'all hadn't animal. had that animal in that cage anyways, you know. Okay, what I'm now like, you take now now you going full full hotep on them and I'm I'm not here for it. That baby that gorilla was dragging that baby though. Like I mean but, that baby life was about to be oh, over. Yeah, over. But it's a random baby in I wonder how that baby feel now. We need that that baby on that baby, so we can interview it. That baby is going through how therapy. Do you feel? No, I don't even want that around me. I'm good. Oh yeah, that baby is completely traumatized. <laughs> It's That's not funny. Why am I laughing? No, I mean, it's it not is funny a little funny. So apparently, Iggy Azalea's nudes were leaked, and her body is is a manufacturer. It's, it's extremely fake. So yeah. So cares? okay, your nudes were leaked. All right. Yeah. Your fake titties so her, and booty. I was about to say. So they showing her breasts. Apparently, she had this cover for GQ, I believe. I don't know if it was a cover, but she was doing a photo shoot for GQ. I didn't see the nudes. I didn't really care oh, to search for it. Let's take a look. And she felt some type of way about it. But, I mean, like, if I mean, you I'm do nudes, they... I mean, I don't know. Unless it's your hoo-ha. That's like, come on, I mean, bro. Like, Kim Kardashian didn't normalize time, that shit. Listen, the only time nudes matter is if you literally have... Your coochie open and the lips are spread with your fingers. Otherwise, okay. I've seen your entire booty already yeah. and I've seen your tits. Unless I'm seeing the inside of your vagina, it's not, I mean, at this point in 2019, it's not a nude. Right, like, okay. But <laughs> Y'all I'm remember when Gabrielle Union nudes was leaked? I never, I seen, never seen that. I never seen it, but girl, she was really upset, which I get it, but like, we didn't all seen some A cups before. I mean, I look here's at the thing. Day. <laughs> here's the thing: none of us are removed from getting hacked. So if you got the shit in your phone, just know that it can come out. I'll be trying to tell y'all. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name. Oh, in in other news, it is now illegal in the state of Texas to send your genitals. To anybody unwarranted through your phone. What? Yeah, if you just send an unsolicited dick pic, you could be prosecuted. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and really? I'm gonna be the first one to take it to the police. Don't send me that. Send me the dicks. <laughs> I don't need an unsolicited. Oh, here they, girl. First of all, listen, you have thongs on all the time. That's oh, your it's her booty. Let it's her booty it. and her titties. Um. Girl. Weak ass, pale ass. Oh. <laughs> Such your ass down. Like, girl, and you're whack. So you really can't even. Anyway, I'm done. Um, Next, little baby, or not little baby, excuse me, the baby. The baby. Fought somebody at the Louis store. Was it Louis or the Gucci? Laid somebody out is what he did. The baby. Cam, yes. what was his name? Cam, Cam something. Mm. Babe, what was it? Cam what? Anyway, some <laughs> other rapper in North Carolina and Charlotte, Cam something. Um, yeah, he like posted a video like basically with himself in the video saying that little baby was a bitch or whatever, blah blah blah. And little baby's next video was him laid out with his pants down. Not little baby, but I mean, excuse me, not duh baby. There's why is exactly. your name even baby at all? Unless you're baby, like the original baby. Weezy F. Anyway, um, that happened, and I don't really know anything else about that because I don't follow those. I, yeah, I didn't even see the video you talking about where the cam person was um, talking noise. I just saw 
a clip of the hit and him laying the fella out. That's the worst. <laughs> and he also laid somebody out in the club. He's got to chill on the baby he got, got the, the hands. hands. Yeah. Right. He clearly has these hands, but 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 why are you doing that? Knowing that you're now now more high profile, people are going to try to sue you. Like, let's just be clear. Yeah, yeah. for real. I, I mean, get a check from it. Um, I would. When I was looking into the guy Cam whatever after the video surfaced, I found this show. This reality TV YouTube show based in Charlotte called, I think it's called The Real Side Chicks of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's about, have y'all seen that? I just saw like a, a posting of that. Like well, I didn't know anything about it. And I went and looked at this and it is the most ratchet Bull crap I've ever seen in my life. And they have like 150,000 followers on that page. It's hella followers over there. Wow. I mean, and these women are literally meeting up to fight. Like, that's what they're doing. It is the most ratchet thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm concerned. And I didn't realize Charlotte was ratchet like that. So Uh, I don't think I've ever been to Charlotte before. I have. I have, and I my my bestie Marcy went to UNC Charlotte, and I went up there, and we like went out a, like I went to a concert. Ben bought me some tickets. We both went to the concert, and then we went out afterwards, and like it was fine, but like it wasn't hell. I don't know. Anyway, that just surprised me. That's crazy. I haven't seen anything else. What else is going on in the streets? Y'all are y'all are educating me. <laughs> That's all I have because I, I was like. <laughs> I didn't make up for the last two weeks, um, and I just pulled up twelve. Oh, I did see something. Do y'all watch the show The Shy? Nah. I heard it was good. I, I have heard it, but it's about it. to be canceled. Um, Why? Oh, yes. the guy that played Easy e on mm-hmm. that movie. Yep, the movie about... Yeah, Straight Outta Compton. The guy that played Easy on Straight Outta Compton is one of the main characters in that show, The Shy. Okay. And he apparently has been sexually harassing his co-character. I don't know the name in... Co-star? Yeah, co-star. I don't know the name of the young lady, but she apparently had complained about it. Seasons ago, and nobody last season because it's only season two. But yeah, while they were recording last season, which is basically like three years ago now, because they're in the second season, so they've been recording for three years. Um, and nobody did anything about it, and it was not until Netflix, like she just continued to escalate her complaints, and Netflix decided to part ways with him and like speak out about it, and then the shaft counsel him like fired him but so is the show still gonna be can well can they can they the just show replace still him? is gonna be on but he's a leading character is he good yeah i mean well can't they can find somebody else black that got a does he have jerry girl on the show uh-uh. i'm just thinking about him in, in the um, easy straight out of country. <laughs> i mean they can find somebody else but it's like do they really do that these days like, yeah do they really uh aunt viv people Nowadays. They did it in Game of Thrones, but it was mm. for it wasn't for a main character. So that's a that's a fair point because it was for like a a visible character, but not a main character. Mm. 
Um, so I don't know. I guess they could. I don't think they would. It depends on the ratings, too. Like, I don't think they're going to cancel a show just because of one person. Right. They might kill them off. I don't know. They I mean, might. They in Chicago. So, they might kill them off. Know, that would make they sense. They get shot all the time. The kill off would actually make sense. <laughs> I want to definitely want to check out the show. Well, I mean, I'm going to check it's out It's good, though. Have. But I, I feel bad for her because she had to go through all that. And her um, fiancé is... The guy from Dear White People. Hmm. Which one? Um, the super pro black one on Dear White People. The one on uh, Grownish. Mm-mm. Is that him? That's you talking about Trevor Noah? Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. no, no, Trevor Noah ain't on there. I know he's not an actor. <laughs> Who's Trevor Noah? He's the news. Oh, he's that's the that's the light skin. Yeah, he's. Well, his uh, name South is African. Trevor Jackson. Yeah, yeah, he was in that Shaft remake or something like that. It's the other guy. I have to look. I have to think about it. <clears throat> it's the anyway. guy that also kind of liked her the first season of Dear White, Dear White People. People. But anyways, um, he's her fiance, and he was like raised to. Oh man, go toe to toe with I mean, as he <laughs> should, as he should right. be feeling like that anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm glad they let be. it at least play out the way. It, it did because so he got dropped from everything his management company his publicist his yeah um, he lost everything he lost everything that Seriously. is sad yeah. but not sad at the same time because yeah, you're it's stupid. sad because you can't be appropriate like right. you wouldn't have lost your job if you had to just like but I mean come on bro like why is that necessary and they don't even have bad scenes like him and her it's not the show is not extra sexualized you know like their relationship is not where they're like super booed up all the time yeah so why are you in that girl face like that really sad don't lose all of it can't act right can't act right (laughs) I just don't understand these niggas me either. Sick of these niggas. Anyway, well, well, rest in peace to his career. Although he probably has to wait another like five years, people gonna forget, and then he gonna be right back to where he started. Jeez. I mean, he may not be on a big, big show, but he can break back into it. Right. He gonna be like Columbus Short because that baby lost his career. <laughs> Columbus. I've not is seen dead Columbus to the bed on anything now. outside of BET since. But what do you do when you're in the limelight like that and then you're not? Like, what's your next move besides, like, starting a company? Because, like, really, you can't go and work at a regular job. Like, you can't. If you're a really big star, like, think about it. You can just go be, like, a school counselor or a lawyer in a regular law firm. I mean, like, that that just doesn't... Like, what do you do? Go work at McDonald's. You own a trucking company. Yeah. That's what they gotta do. Open so. up a business. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Outside of opening, opening, uh, opening up your own business, what else can you do if you can't go? If you can go to Bella Noche, <laughs> where the hell? Bella Noche is still open, by the way. Is it really? And thriving. Yes. When I was in Baton Rouge, somebody said, "Why y'all ain't go to Bella Noche?" I said, "Because <laughs> <laughs> niggas be shooting in Bella Noche," and I. Enjoy my life. <laughs> I thought Bella Noche was in Houston. Mm-mm, it's in Baton Rouge. Oh. Right off Plank Road. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Plank. I used to live in the apartments right across the street. You from used Bella to live Noche? off of Plank Road? Right across the street from Bella Noche. You're a hood nigga. I went to Southern. <laughs> you could have stayed at the... Uh, Palisades? At the, 
Niggas be dying at the Palisades, too. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was like, why are you shutting them down? Yeah, niggas be dying over there. Anyway. Um, yeah. Well, it's almost summer, Mish. So what you got to tell the people? Um, let's see. Be good to yourself during the summer. That's one thing. Um, but I have... Put on some tan lotion. I mean, some sunblock. Yeah. And know how to reapply. Definitely put on sunblock and definitely reapply. <laughs> so make sure your summer is vibrant, peaceful. Here are 12 steps. You got 12 you of them? 12. It's going to be quick. Watch. Mm-hmm. One, if it feels wrong, don't do it. <laughs> Two, say exactly what you mean. Three, don't be a people pleaser. Four, trust your instincts. Five, never speak bad about yourself. Six, never give up on your dreams. Seven, don't be afraid to say no. Eight, don't be afraid to say yes. Nine, be kind to yourself. Ten, let go of what you can't control. Eleven, stay away from drama and negativity. And twelve, love. Love yourself. Love your family. Love your friends. Love. Love everybody. Shout out to my friend in Atlanta, Yolanda. I got those 12 steps from her. She is also a mental health therapist that works with veterans. So those are 12 steps, guys. I like Remember that. to protect your energy, protect your space. Your mental health matters. So have you ever had to have you ever love someone? Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with, I guess, an issue that are like a, I guess, tell me about a time where you were kind of like, I am my parents. Like, I'm literally, like, within this moment, I am my mom, and she is me, and I I am her. And it kind of annoyed you. Because you're like, it's the one thing that you don't like about them, but you definitely see it within you. That happens to me daily. (laughs) Daily. (laughs) Ben and I were, it was either the day before our wedding or a couple days before our wedding. And I got mad about something and I was just being unreasonable and just like ridiculous. He was like, you're acting just like your mother. (laughs) And I got pissed. (laughs) I was like, I don't like her right now. Yeah, I'm always, um, I'm very much like my mother all the time. And it annoys me every single time I look at myself and I'm like, I am being my mother. Just loud and like not trying to listen to what nobody else got to say. Yeah. So... I definitely possess, I'm half and half, like my mom, my dad, I probably have maybe 10% of just my own makeup, literally. (laughs) But I can be a flaker Um, and won't give, like, would not care, you know? Um, And I get that from my dad. Um, Mm. He is just, well, he moved in a way where it's like, um, like, he used to say this thing like, um, I don't need a watch because I don't need to worry about time I live. 
<laughs> well, and all right then. It's, I mean, when you think about it, like, yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like there's a positive twist to it, but nah, he took it to a whole another level. Like, you would plan and he would be I like, I get there when I get there. I remember one time this nigga had called me, like, I'm outside. I literally walked outside. <laughs> that motherfucker was gone. <laughs> so, um, I do that a lot. So I have to be very mindful on like RZP, planning things in advance. Like I have to be mindful of that because depending on how I feel, if it ain't happening, it ain't working. And I would hate, you know, now I even, what I do now, I give that person the respect and just be like, hey, I'm unable to make it this, then the third. But sometimes I just wouldn't even, like especially if it's involving other people, I just looked at it like, okay, you're fine. Like, you know, our other friends are there, so you'll be okay, you know? Um, so, yeah, I have to be very mindful of that because that's that's kind of rude. It's, you know, it's not cool, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, but you get there when you get there. Right. That's how I drive, and people be so mad behind me, but whatever. <laughs> um, you drive like a granny. I do. So, listen, I'm a lot like my father um, in so many different ways. And I'm working through that right now. So, I'm going to talk about my mama. (laughs) My mom has a habit of, and I'm doing it right now. She will tell a story and give you every single (laughs) detail. And she tells it very slow and like, you be on the phone like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I know the ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, you you could have left out the part where you put on the purple shirt to get ready. And then when I was getting ready, like she does it every time she tells a story. And I find myself doing that sometimes. And a lot of the times I'd be like, dang, Michelle, you are really dragging this story <laughs> on. Speed it up. So that is one thing about my mom that I just be like, dang. Um, and the other thing is just being loud. Like I clap loud, <laughs> I talk loud. My mom is just a loud person. Really? And she <laughs> always says to me, like, "You are loud. It's like you you think you were born in the country." Well, ma'am, you talk to me loud my whole life. <laughs> what so what I mean? <laughs> what do you expect? So those are two things that I mm. picked up from her. That I just be like, chill, shoddy. Yeah. As I get older, I just, okay, like I even argue, I get, I find myself getting agitated at the things that they were once agitated with. Yeah. I try not to, but it's hard. <laughs> it's so real. I Yeah, my anger is what, yeah, I get mad fast and I don't be listening to what nobody got to say. And I be getting mad at my mama for doing that same thing. And we do it to each other. So then we argue and we can't talk for days because it's like, you need it. You gonna die? He keep choking. <laughs> Justin has eaten like. <laughs> fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Bell peppers and hummus. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, thank you for that lead in, Justin, because today we're talking about generational curses, which I think is an interesting topic because I believe in them, but we're gonna talk about what they are, what they, what people believe in or not believe in as it relates to them and how they can potentially be broken. So, excuse me. 
Do you guys believe in generational curses? And what do you think a generational curse is? I do believe in generational curses. I really feel like it is something that started in your family long ago and somehow continues to be passed down. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason I think those things are passed down is because people never change their mindsets. They they kind of had the mindset that what my parents did was right. They did the best they could. So they just keep doing the same thing and mm-hmm. the behaviors are the same. Nobody changes. Yeah, I, I definitely do feel that generational curses do exist. Um, but I think it's, it's not like a, I don't look at it as, oh, person A, conjured up this spell and then just, you know, not a whole family curse. I look at it as bad habits just being, you know, taught and learned from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so much of your upbringing, it becomes like your norm. So you just, it changes your outlook on life. It changes your perspective. So you just feel like this is what life should be like. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's a struggle to break that habit because it's so normal for you because you've lived it. The people that you associate, your family that you associate with, um, feel the exact same way or have done some of the exact same things. So it's like it just it normalizes itself through your family. Um, so yeah, I do. I, I do. Believe I believe in them also, and I think it's a combination of what y'all was saying, but also. A part of it relates to sins that occurred generations ago that have the consequences of those sins have have maybe skipped some of those people, um, some of your ancestors, and have landed on you or on your family, um, which I think to some extent seems a bit contradictory to like the blessings of God and like God being a good God. But on the other hand, like God is also a punisher. Um, And I think that that is part of the reason why we should follow him and choose good now so that we will not pass down any other sins to our future generations and um, our family in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, so what are some of your families or someone else's family's generational curses, if y'all want to talk about those? Um, I have a very specific one. I think for the longest education, like just, you know, some of my family being able to complete or go and complete college, um, and I was able to break that generational cur- curse. Um Um, I would also think, like, my family is a very loving family. And uh, although we think generational curses are, like, just negative, I think sometimes being loving and open and welcoming, um, I don't think it's a, like, it's a curse, but I think it's just, like, a type, it's a, I don't know, my, I don't know, it's just, I think it's a good thing that they're welcoming and open and loving, which is a good thing, right? But then at the same time, mm-hmm. it welcomes like unwanted characters and behave you know what i'm saying like people that comes into your life so you don't Mm -hmm. really it took me a long time to truly like protect myself from people because i thought you know if i give them love and i'm happy and i'm doing good things and positive things to them then 
it should be, you know, reciprocated, reciprocated right? Um, and the real world doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, having that ability to protect myself or having that level of discernment, um, I would have loved to have that. But, you know, so I don't look at it as a curse, but I do feel like how, you know, that I'm pretty sure a lot of people in my family kind of battle with that, you know? Yeah. Or I've dealt with that before as well. Um, and then I would probably say probably finance, financial finances. You know, none of my family are millionaires or billionaires. So um, I would definitely feel like I, I think that something has to, you know, it plays a role in it. That's all I can think of right now. So the main thing that came to mind when I read the question was divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, on either side of my family, there's been divorces through like aunts and uncles. There's been divorces through like grandparents, great aunts. You know, well, my dad's parents never divorced. Um, and then obviously my parents. So that was the main thing. Um, and I don't look at it in the context of, you know, like you were saying, like this is God punishing. I look at it more so of like, that's not who God had for you in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so because you decided you were going to get in this relationship with a person that probably wasn't for you, um, that's what the result was. Mm-hmm. Um and then the other thing was kind of like what Justin said. A lot of my family has gone to college, but it wasn't until my generation where we like started graduating on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also on both sides of the family. But those are the two things that really stuck out. I think that more so with my dad's family, they don't have a problem with cutting people off. And that is why um, several of them have been married several different times because they're just kind of like their father, my grandfather, from what I can tell from my dad and, you know, his siblings, Mm -hmm. he was a pretty cutthroat fella. And so they learned that behavior of just like, okay, well, if that's how you're going to act, then... Like, I'm not going to stick around to try to work this out. And um, I actually am, like I just said, some of the things about my dad, I'm very much like him, and I'm working through those things because I don't have a problem cutting people off either. Like, it's it's pretty easy, and that, that can be a good and a bad thing because, you know, you have to protect yourself, but at the same time, they're... Sometimes you can give people a chance. Like, they don't mean to purposely do X, Y, and Z. And so um, that's been a struggle for me because my mom's family is not like that at all. Mm -hmm. But when you have seen your dad just say, like, hey, um, it's nothing. My dad doesn't have a problem cutting anybody off. Sister, brother, (laughs) uncle, cousin, like, friend, it doesn't matter. And so... Somehow that is something that I have also developed as a behavior that I'm working on. So um, so for me, mine is a little more like, 
I don't know. It's just out in the open. Like both my, so teen pregnancy was huge for my family, especially on my mom's side. My grandmother had her super young. My mom had me super young. Um, and so I was able to, me and my sister both, well, all of us actually, all my siblings was able to break that curse because we're all in our late 20s or early 30s um, and haven't been pregnant. And it's generally pr- pregnancy that is before marriage and is kind of one of those, like, well, let's get married now because we have a baby. Like that was like, I mean, d- done like two or three generations where that just kept happening. So that was something I think that was good to be broken just because the divorce thing is also a big thing for our family too, both sides of our family. And so um, to be able to wait and marry somebody without like the pressure of like, oh, we have a baby, we got to get married. Oh, you know, whatever, um, I think was helpful in breaking that curse. Um, the other really big curse for my family is like kind of like cutting off, cutting people off, but more so like just family dysfunction as it relates to relationships being severed. Um, and it all stems really back to one person, but it's it's literally kind of like been across t- three generations now with the exact same person that's been kind of the person who is this is stemming from and um the way that like I personally am trying to kind of break that curse is to to really keep to get to know people in my family that that person has made me has villainized basically and been like well let me get to know them for myself um and really kind of just create family ties where they were previously severed Um, cause I love the concept. I have a huge family. My dad is one of like nine siblings Mm. and I didn't know any of them growing up based on this one person kind of just being like, oh, they're terrible people. You don't need to get to know them. Like kind of just breaking off generational ties. And so I'm here like 30, almost 32 years old. And I don't know my aunts and uncles who are my dad's like blood siblings Mm-hmm. Um, or their kids or, you know what I'm saying? So that just cuts off a whole like family that I could be like celebrating with, you know, um, like they weren't at my wedding cause I don't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really want like for my family to kind of break that, especially me and my siblings and my immediate family, whenever I have kids, um, I'm trying to think of the college, like people went to college in my family. They just are all country and don't and are really small minded. So I don't necessarily know if that's a generational curse. But the biggest one for me is like just the severing of ties within families. Like my dad didn't speak to his siblings for years, mm-hmm. like twenty years. And he probably just in the last ten started like having a relationship with his own siblings, which is insane. Um so anyway I guess kind of getting, I kind of talked about um, breaking generational curses. Like, how have you ever broken a generational curse um, that you haven't already explained, I guess, and then explained, you know, how you did that and how you feel like if you haven't broken it, how someone else has or how you can prepare to do that? Um, I would I would probably say, obviously, me graduating with my, um, my undergraduate degree, um, I definitely do feel like it was a generational 
curse because like how difficult it was for me. Like, um, it was easy for me to go because, you know, I just did what I was supposed to do to get in college. However, just my struggles getting like during college was just like, okay, this is, this is obviously not the normal, you know, I'm just broke in college type of struggles. Like, I mean, I literally set out of, I literally set out of school for two and a half years with, um, because of something that had absolutely nothing to do with my grades. Like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's just some of the things that I struggled with. And I mean, I literally had to, I thought my life was over. I mean, I literally had to turn to God to really help me just get through this period in life because, you know, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Like I didn't have yeah. anyone to like, you know, um, you know, I don't know. It's just like, a, you know, my mom always had this like, come just come home type of, thought process you know and And that's hard that's hard especially if you if you're going through something that you know where you're transitioning you have to fight you have to struggle I mean you have to be resilient in those moments so I mean um that's one of I think that's the main one that I feel that I, I I literally felt like how hard it was to break that barrier because it was a lot of stressful nights crying all that good stuff just because it's like which had absolutely nothing to do with like grades and, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, school was yeah. pretty much easy for me, but it was just the struggle to get through it. It was just like ridiculous. And I would never, I mean, I would never want to go back and, you know, go through that again or struggle in that way again. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one that I felt it was difficult. But now since then, I mean, right after me, everyone has been yeah. graduating college, which is amazing. So. Yeah. Mm, I mean, I wasn't the first person to break that cycle of like going to school and not graduating um, in my family, but in my immediate family, I was. So I'm the first and the only graduate um, between my parents and my siblings. Um. Your brother in the pipeline now. Huh? Oh yeah, that that fella is gonna be it. That baby is getting <laughs> it together. <laughs> but um, let me see. I mean, like I just said, I'm still working on not cutting people off. <laughs> That's it's a work in progress. Yeah. Other than that, like I can't think of anything that like they legit has kind of like plagued the family. I guess to yeah. say yeah. Um, there are people in my family that have been successful of not like being married before they have kids. And so I won't be the first person to do that. And, you know, all of those things, but yeah. 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 I kind of talked about mine already. Like I didn't have a baby at 16 or as a teenager. So that kind of broke that one. Um, I'm still working on the severed family ties. Because now that I sit here, I'm thinking about it like I don't, I grew up with, um, I've spoke several times, like I grew up in a house with like my siblings and my cousins. So we, my, my cousins and I grew up like siblings. So we were really close as kids and even as teenagers. And something happened with my cousin who, I think she's three years older than me, maybe two, two or three years older than me. But anyway, we were really close and I looked up to her and all of that sort of stuff. And something happened with us as kids that was for years kind of 
facilitated by this one person I was referring to who kind of just, she, she needs Jesus. Um, but basically pitting me and my cousin against each other and comparing me to my cousin and vice versa. And kind of as kids, you know, I mean, it's easy to make kids jealous of somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so this person constantly put a, pit us against each other um, until, you know, my cousin finally like lashed out, but she's a kid. So like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I still don't really fool with her because of that, because it was a loyalty thing in my mind. But now that I think about it, like it's really about her being a child and, you know, not being able to control her emotions in that moment. So yeah. I think um, I can do a better job of you know, making sure that I uh, reach out to my family and, like, you know, strengthen those those ties. Like, my dad is also a really good, um, I guess, link to his siblings. So, like, I can do a better job of, like, just trying to get to know them and stuff um, and really, you know, making sure that I rebuild that. Um, and also with my own siblings, like just ensuring, cause we all live in different places. I mean, I talk to my sister every day, but I could do a better job with like talking to my brother often, making sure that we're good. Um, and just, you know, ensuring that years down the line that like, we can all get together still for whatever vacation, or, you know, family vacays or holidays or whatever. Cause that's super important to me just growing up around a huge family like that. Um, as far as the graduation thing, I mean, I guess. I was the first of my parents, like our immediate family. Now my dad has his degree. Um, But that curse is still kind of lingering too because my sister hasn't graduated. My brother graduated um, with his associates, associates, but not his um, bachelor's. bachelor's. Yeah, I can't even think of the names of the stuff. But yeah, like that kind of is still... Um, I'm itchy too. I don't know what's yeah, going on. I'm itchy. Y'all see um, me? But yeah, I'm I'm, itchy I'm itching. Um, so anyway, I just think it's super important to be able to recognize what the generational curse is, so that you can take the steps necessary to try to break it if it is something that you can break. You know, some things that we didn't mention, and because your first question was, or maybe the second question was like some things in other families or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, substance abuse is a really big oh, one yeah. in some families. And I can't, I, I mean, maybe people have dealt with it and I just don't know in my family. But that's a big thing that people, like, go through. Like, functioning alcoholics, people yeah. that, like, yeah. smoke cigarettes or smoke, you know, whatever. Sometimes that stuff will skip, like, a whole generation of brothers and sisters and go from the granddaddy to the grandchild. A grandson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because addictive personalities and stuff like that. But that is a big thing that families go through. Um, well, yeah. mental illness is one, too. I yes. mean, like, unfortunately, I mean, that that's obviously hereditary, but which to me makes it even more of a curse because there's really nothing that you can do to prevent it, like mm-hmm. at all. Like substance abuse, yeah. I mean, in theory, you can prevent it. Um, by just not engaging. not engaging at all right. so that you don't even have the chance to be addicted. But when it comes to, like, you know, somebody being bipolar or just any other type of um, mental illness, I mean, that stuff can skip generations or it can go straight from mother to child. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing that anybody can do with that. 
Yeah. Um, Another thing that um, people have dealt with that we didn't mention and dang, now I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but while you was talking, I was Sorry. thinking about it. Oh no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm itching like my back is on fire. Um, doggone it. Oh, weirdos in the family. What do you like mean? Like molesters. Oh, um, yeah. Um, and that stuff, I mean, like that literally, I've, I've heard people talk about that being passed down from generations and you will hear mm-hmm. like, mm. uh, uh, someone that's, let's just say in their twenties now talk about when they were molested as a child and then their mother or aunt will talk about someone else in the family molested them. And then the grandmother will talk about somebody like it's legit something that has happened. They've all been victimized Mm -hmm. through this family. Mm -hmm. And it's because, you know, I think that is a generational curse within itself. And I can see that being something that like you mentioned it being kind of like an actual curse on the family. Somebody else's sins is the reason why this continues to happen. Um, You know, Listen, For whatever that's, reason. that's one of those awful ones, though, too, because it's like, yeah, you can prevent your child from going to stay the night at her friend's house. But if you asking your brother to, to watch your kids, like, you, you don't know what. That, yeah. yeah like or you, you just ask don't. your sister and your sister's husband is, you know, like yeah. you would think your sister, because I know I don't know how you feel, but I think I would be more comfortable if I had a sister yeah. to send my kid to my sister's house. Versus my brothers. Not that I think my brothers mm-hmm. would do anything, but it's like, yeah. are y'all even really watching the kids? You know, no. men don't. So I would think with my sister, like, you're going to protect my child. And then here come your creep husband. Terrible. Coming in here. You just, you yeah. see, I think the hard part about that is, is that even when you do try to keep it at the forefront of like everyone's thoughts in the family, because it's like a little bit of it is in everyone it's hard to like really grab a hold of. Um, Cause whenever you mention like the substance abuse, um, like both my mom and my dad smoke and I like cigars, mm. you know, like, I mean, I don't smoke every day, but like I will have a cigar every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, or even drinking, like, I mean, alcohol is like literally, I mean, it's no shame in our game. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to come back a pro. Um, which is fun, but, you know, we do have fully functioning alcoholics and we have alcoholics that, I mean, it has literally, alcohol has damaged some of, you know, their life in some type of way, mm-hmm. rather maybe DUI, this, then a third, but it's just hard to, it's hard making something that is so normal, not like, not, you know, not saying not normal, but like, how do you, it's like, how do you get the family to, I guess, be aware that, hey, this is an issue for us without someone being offended or, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah. So I guess from my perspective, I think the best way to go about it is to, like, you take ownership of that because you're the only person that yeah. you can change, right? I mean, like, yeah, you may be able to try to persuade your siblings, which I try to do, but at the end of the day, the really, really the only person you can change is you so, and mm-hmm. your, like, whatever family you create. Mm-hmm. Um, and and hope that your kids will then 
move forward and do the things that you've taught them so that they can also continue to break those curses. Right. I mean, you never, I mean, you just can't change grown people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not even kids' minds either, really. Right. But right. I mean, you can try to shape, you know, your nuclear family, your, you know, your whoever you end up, your partners or whatever, and your, your kids to be able to make sure that they move forward from right. that, you know? Um, yeah, that's interesting. But I do understand that because, I mean, you ain't going to go in there and tell your grandma, like, B, you need to stop smoking. You've been smoking for 40 years and you need to chill on it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could, but right. they're not going to. So yeah, you have to, like... Nobody would listen to me. They would just be like, right. what? So, like, right. with my mom, I try to, you know, I understand that it's a desire, it's an addiction, and it's also, like, habit, you know, especially with smoking, too, you know, like... It's a for a smoker is a stress reliever. You know, it's like having mm. a glass of wine. Um, so even for like her, like because she had stopped for a long time, she had stopped for a long time, and then she kind of like started back. And you know, I would I wouldn't stop her when she would do it because she it started with her just doing it by herself, and I can tell when she's doing it. And then you know, I was like. I just would tell her, I was like, okay, like, so just make sure that we're controlling this. Like, make sure you are in control, right? You don't allow yeah. your feelings and emotions to drive you to, you know, smoking a cigarette or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you want to smoke, make sure that you're in control, um, but don't be excessive with it. Like, give yourself some limitations, right? Um, and I think that has kind of sort of helped her because, you know, my mom went from, lighting up a cigarette in the house and smoking with us in the car to going outside once a day. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think it's always good to not, I mean, speak about it in a way where it doesn't make them feel bad. Now, granted, it's clearly dependent on the curse because if it's, you know, someone molesting you, then, you know, or doing the molestation, like, it's, you can't. Yeah, that's completely that's not that's that's completely different. I think the way to break stuff like that though is for people to say something and for the the when the victim says something for the family to be supportive of them. And believe yes. the them. other oh. part of that generational curse is the family telling the victim, No, that didn't happen, or we're not gonna talk about it, or we're not gonna do anything about it, you know? Let me speak to that real quick. Um, there's a family member that, you know, something happened to them, um, and the family didn't do anything about it. You know, nothing happened, and this, nothing, nothing happened, you know? The person and their family could still come around as then a third, which I had no clue about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that, the person, the victim, literally became an alcoholic. Mm. Literally became an alcoholic at a very early age. Uncontro mm. I mean, drinking full bottles okay. of alcohol. And it's because the family didn't stick up for the victim. You know? Yep. Because whenever they get inebriated, it's like, y'all don't love me. Like, y'all, mm. you know, y'all not there for me, you know? Now, thank God they're in a better place, but that stuff is real. It's like, real. you have to, like, the backing up the victim, it is so real. You know what I'm saying? So real. And it's important because 
doing the opposite, not saying anything, shows that like you're okay with it. Yeah, like you're okay with it, or you know, even though you're trying to keep the peace, quote unquote, because that's they don't say anything because they don't want you know the cops to be involved or whatever the case may be. But I literally saw you know my family member. Like, I mean, this was a straight A, straight A student, straight A student. Like, you just knew that they were going somewhere. And then for this to be their struggle. Yeah. Not go to college. <laughs> it's just like, really. And it's because of that mental trauma, mm-hmm. you know, and how, the effects of it. So. And, you know, something that you just made me think about, which I pray that um, I don't have kids now, so I can't say if I've broken this cycle, but it is my prayer and my intent to break this, and that is whooping my kids. Mm. Um, I do believe in punishment, but black people in general have this mindset that just whooping your child is going to stop them from doing whatever it is they did to get in trouble, and I don't believe that. Um, I think a lot of the times, even like growing up and just being in Louisiana, um, one person would do something and it's like eight of us out there and we all got a whooping. Like, and you're not even my mama. Like, why are you putting your hands on me? Like, I, I'm not going to allow people that are not my ch- child's parent to put their hands on my child. Um, I just don't believe in stuff like that. And um, for a lot of reasons, I feel like it that's violent, and it, it gives a child the mindset that when you're upset, like, you hit and things like that, and I could go on and on about that, but I just think whoopings in general, I don't want that to be a part of um, chastising my child. Like, it, not the only thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be appropriate to what they did. Every mm-hmm. You don't just hit kids. Yeah. So... We haven't, dis- you know, Vin and I haven't discussed the whip, or if we have, I don't remember. I mean, I was beat as a child, so mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a difference between getting beat and ha- and getting a whooping. Like, there's a difference to me, and I think that black families for generations have crossed that line. Leaving welts to the point where they're bleeding on a child is not a whooping or a spanking. That is a beating. Like, yeah, period. It's just completely different. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I agree. I will not be beating my kids. I, I don't necessarily know if I say I won't whoop them. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, a lot of people that have kids now that I know don't whoop their kids because they say it don't work. It, it does nothing. It doesn't work. But I'm like you, like, there has to be a limit. And it's not going to be while I'm upset about it. And that's what I was about to say, yeah. I think I've seen it in other families and it's happened to me and it's happened to, you know, my cousins and friends and all that. Like, you get in trouble and your mom or your dad or whoever is mad in that moment and they whoop you right then. And that's when it's excessive. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't see that I was like, beat? No. It was some stuff. You know, I'd have been slapped before. Because I'd have been beat. But... You're mad right now, so you shouldn't. And I think that that ha- it happened to my mom, them. It happened to my grandma, them. And like to <laughs> me, like slave, grandma, yeah. slave masters used to be slaves. And like somehow black people took that and was like, okay, well, when my child does something wrong, I'm gonna beat their ass. 
I'm a whoop them and they turn into time. I'm a whoop them, but it's excessive. Yeah. Sometimes. So I, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that I will not hit my child. That's why I said I can't say I have broken the cycle. Yeah. But it is an intent prayer of mine to not chastise my child while I'm upset about whatever it is that they did. Yeah. Good I can go. I think weapons. now you open the box. I can think of all types of generational curses. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to learn. Happening? I'm so itchy, it's ridiculous. Um I'm I, itchy because I'm sunburned. I don't know why you're itchy. I mean uh yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm I, as the more and more I'm around kids now, I realize that, you know, hitting doesn't work. There's just other ways for you to get them to understand that what they did was wrong. And then you also have to like also have a capacity to understand that kids will be kids. Like they're they're just gonna do like crazy things you know what right. i'm saying like and if you're okay and i think a, a, most of the times whenever i got whipped I, I mean i thank god i was not beaten but most of the time whenever i got whipped i can see where it was like warranted because like my mom would give me like conversation Warning. after Did conversation I tell you right yeah to like i told you cause... she told she told my grandmother to go take a walk she was like I t- i've talked to him you know and so I guess that give me a level of reason for me to, or as a kid, I was like, okay, well, I knew when I was doing wrong. Um, but, and I think, you know, it's also like your child too. You know, so a lot of kids have, I don't want to say behavioral disorders, but like they're just excited. So that means either you need to get active with your kid to literally wear them out. Are they going to, they're going to paint on the wall. They're going to jump off of the bed. They're going to like jump on the couch or do something because they've been in the house all day. Right. Um, and then whenever I've seen beatings um, or have experienced beatings, I also know that the parent was probably stressed out also. So it's just a lot of things you have to take into consideration, but I kind of do. I mean, I really do feel like, you know, I don't think beating is the only way or whooping your kids is the only way to put fear in their heart. However, I am a firm believer in not fear in their heart like that, no, but I'm a firm believer in letting your separate fear. There needs to be a separate fear. Yeah. healthy fear, Correct. for sure. To where your kids know not to fuck with you, you know? Because then it, it results in respect Correct. for your parents. Um, so whatever that is, and you, you know, sometimes you may have to pin them. But you have to beat them. <laughs> you go pin them. Yeah. What does that mean? WWE. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have been slapped, punched, kicked. Ch- I mean, all of that. So, I, yeah, I won't be doing that to my kids. But um, so in the opposite vein, do you believe in generational blessings and prayers that have transcended time? Yes. Absolutely. I do believe in that. Some of my grand parents and great-grandparents prayers protected me through college mm-hmm. you know to protected me through some dark times when I'm like how did you get like how did you get out of that you know mm-hmm. um and then I know we we talk about ghosts a lot but I also feel like you know I grew up in my uh, grandparents home my great-grandparents home and I felt like, you know, I felt, you know, do protected. Do I oh. felt protected. I thought yeah. you were going to say you Correct. Saw I felt protected. Them. Like, no, even just. We're not doing that today. No, I didn't see anything. <laughs> even though I found out some interesting things about my great grandparents, which I'll tell you off off the air. But um, 
I felt protected. So I feel like, you know, it's the love, it's the energy, it's all of that that makes a family a family um, that, you know, helps you to reap some of their, you know, the 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 blessings of uh, their labor. How are you worded? You know, the, the fruits of their labor, labor right? Mm-hmm. Where, where there may be monetary, tangible things, but then, you know, like, family is family for a reason, you know, and you can feel that. Um, and you just have to be intentional. Like, I mean, I think what you're doing now, Car, with like just making sure that you, you know, try to foster some type of relationship with mm-hmm. your aunts and uncles on your your dad's side, like that's what makes family a family. Little things like that are major things like that. Whereas, like, you know what? Now nah, I'm gonna get out of my own comfort zone and just really try to connect with these people. Yeah. You know. Um, and then you'll just be surprised how like loving your kids will be. Like they're gonna be huge. You know, whatever. So yes, I do believe that is that is so true, you know, and I think we need to probably, you know, pray more for our offsprings and our, absolutely. you know, our future family, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with Justin. I absolutely believe it. My mom um, has told me about prayers that she remembers her grandmother praying, and I can just see that those prayers are still covering us today. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my great aunts that I used to stay with when I would go to Louisiana for the summer, child, she would pray on her knees. And I'm talking about when I was staying with her, um, in my recollect, I'm like 11 or 12, and she's in her 70s, getting on her knees and praying. Mm -hmm. So I know them old Negro spiritual prayers was really (laughs) carrying the family. Like everybody was covered by those prayers where you getting on your knees. I can't remember the last time I got on my knees. I be praying in the bed. That's mm-hmm. a little lazy. But I'm just being honest. Like, Justin, I probably need to be praying for yeah. those real intentional prayers that they were praying. They were covering people. And I know for a fact that our family is still covered to this day from prayers of my great-grandparents and probably great great and even like speaking against things, like mm-hmm. the prayers like that, like speaking against those things that is what we would deem as a generational curse, or even speaking those prayers against something that's not even there, like you have to be that intentional because that's the prayers that, you know, it's so specific to the point where like you can see how it, I mean, there's one area in my whole family's life, like and when I can look at everyone that I can tell that someone prayed for this protection because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. that how can I put this like is it can go either way really quick really soon mm-hmm. but for whatever reason we've been covered by you know God's grace and mercy and it's like it's been consistent yeah but it's very easy you know I agree I I, I believe in generational blessings and, and prayers that transcend time I think I've been reading the book fervent for for a while I need to finish it actually but one of the uh, really good tips for for creating those generational blessings is writing your prayers down mm. and continuing to continue to add to those prayers, but continuing to pray those prayers over and over because mm-hmm. that's the way that you um, you know create generational blessings. Um, there is no reason why I should be where I'm at today unless somebody prayed for me back in the day or while I was in the womb or whatever, because some of the stuff I have endured and have the success I have seen in my life and the success I have yet to see 
is still something where I'm like, I'm not worthy of that. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody had to be praying for that. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of times, as simple as it seems, where I've been texting and driving and have not gotten into an accident, even though I should have gotten into an accident mm-hmm. and I didn't. That was a prayer that was covering me and my entire family. It's just so many things I could talk about. Mm-hmm. Um just as many times as I have felt like, man, I'm really cursed. Like there are really curses in our family. There are other important times where I can say the reason why I even got through that was because of a generational blessing. The reason why I came out stronger on the other side of that is because of that. And now I'm choosing to create those blessings for my future kids and family and my husband and just everybody like, that I that I touch um, to ensure that even my friends, just like one of the prayers I do, I say all the time is like, God, you know, give them the desires of their heart. Because I think that, you know, you just don't ever know what somebody's going through mm-hmm. and how your prayer may be able to help them as well. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a good spiritual convo, guys. It was nice and light. It was not light, but it was, <laughs> was nice. So deep. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think one of my takeaways from this conversation that I need to I need to pray a little bit more. Um, very intentional prayers and um, just being very specific because I'll have my moments, man. Like I have my moments when you know, obviously the Holy Spirit will come. I'm cutting every light on and I'm walking every corner of my house, you know. Um, and then I'm also you know doing those things, but you know. What I try to do is whenever I give my little nephews and my little nieces hugs, I throw in a little prayer of protection, you know, whatever the case may be. I know that's just little things that I do, but um, yeah, I can, I can do, I can, I can go to war with a few things in my family right Mm -hmm. now, you know, because I have that ability to do it. You'd be like, it take 30 Dang. days to make something a habit, though, so I would have to do that for 30 days straight. Hey, your 70-year-old Aunt Granny, and I'm, I know they had hardwood floors on that, oh, yeah. in that house. So mm-hmm. Creaking their I'm talking about lives away. On her knees, and would have me getting on my knees, too. I used to pray on my knees when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't until I was like 15, 16 when I was like, I'm about to pray in the bed. Got lazy. I'm mm. sleepy. I do the same thing. And then be sleep halfway and through the prayer. And look, and be saying your prayers fast. Yep. This was a good convo, though. It made me think about some stuff. Well, yeah. Everybody, if you have generational curses, think about those things. Talk to us about them. If you have generational blessings, please talk to us about those, too. Um, we know this is a very stark contrast from last week's episode which is why I did it because we needed to get back to our roots but um, hashtag MO3 if you want to live tweet us as you listen to the episode so that you can um, give us examples of generational curses that you feel like you've broken. You know you have me thinking like I'm in deep thought right now like I need you know I can be a little bit more intentional I'm, 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 I'm creeping up and at that age, while well, you know, I'm getting an elder position. Yeah, you know? that's true. And you gotta learn how to pray that shit away. My, Not to um, be cursing like that, but you I have to know how. To my fam came in town this weekend, and we were all at um, my godmother's house, and it was nothing but our generation. N- let me not say that. It was 
the millennials and the Gen Xers that were in the kitchen cooking. Like wow. all of the elders, which mm-hmm. is now like my mom, my godmom, mm-hmm. like all of them, they got mm-hmm. to sit down and just chill. Oh, really? Yeah, which was really, really different. Uh-huh. This is like the first time we were the ones. Yeah, we're not living. there yet. So I know for a fact that we are legit. The el- well, we ain't the elders, but we yeah. the older ones. Yeah, y'all the older ones. It's obvious. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I've never done that before. Yeah. I was hot. Now I see why they be like... Sweating. Sweating. <laughs> I had to have one and, of the little ones come put my hair in a ponytail. I was like, come get this hair out my... Right. You know, so anyways. It's because, I mean, I literally just went home like, what, two, three weeks ago. And, you know, with my little cousins, I I try to be like the cool... You know, the cool uncle or the cool cousin. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I just realized that I need to... It needs to be a healthy balance. Mm. Not saying that you, you're not coming... You're not going to drink in front of me or you're not going to, like, oh, roll mm-hmm. a blunt in front of me. I'm not saying it like that. But, you know, I like to listen to the trap music with them and, you know, get them to show me the little dances or whatever. But right. um, it's just when I I want them to see both sides because I pray in silence for them mm-hmm. but I want them to be able to like see and learn and know that they need a they know they need to know who to turn to you know what I'm saying right and with that so it can be a healthy balance for sure yeah Right. So thank Hi. you for thank you, Cora. For yeah. That. So millennial moment. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Yeah. It's real quick. Hey guys, I'm new to your podcast, and so far I love it. Things that What's you her guys, name? We ain't named her yet. Oh, okay. Um, let's. Okay. okay. You no. got a name already? No, oh. I, I named last time. Things that you guys talk about brings me comfort because we have mutual feelings towards the same things. However, I do need advice on a situation I've been going back and forth on. I'm 23 years old, and throughout my life, I haven't had the best of luck with female friends. The most recent situation that placed me on edge is that I had three different female friends tell me that my boyfriend is a dude that they'll date. What? Or make comments like, let's share him, etc. But I'm stingy Mm. about mine. I do feel some type of way about the comments, and I spoke to them about it. But I don't know if that's enough for me to cut them off for disrespecting my relationship. It also leaves me in a space where I don't feel like I can trust them. Okay, what's her name? Let's give her a nice name. Let's call her Angela Kelly Bassett. Price. Oh. oh. Angela Bassett? Oh, Kelly Price, because, you know, <laughs> she was a friend of mine. <laughs> she, that's why I went Kelly Price. <laughs> okay, Kelly Price. Is that um, who was on the phone with Mr. Big? Yeah. Who he was talking to? Yes. Yeah, the, her, Mr. Big was her godfather. Yeah. Okay, um, so Kelly. What's her question? What did she want to know? What should she do? Is that enough? What they say, is that enough to cut them off for disrespecting her relationship? I think as we get... No, I, I, don't, I don't think you need to cut them off. However, you need to... You need to be, you need to be very clear in what... And how their statements make you feel... And you need to be very clear on setting a boundary. And you may need to minimize their interactions with your boo. I don't play by my man, so I'm dead on him. Don't nobody play, like, as a grown woman, don't nobody play like that. How old are they? She's 23, so yeah, they're still young. I don't know. I, I didn't play like that even when I was in college with Ben. I just... 
I don't know, because I feel like you can't put nothing past nobody as it relates to your man. And so that thought right there is the reason why I say don't, whatchamacallit, cut them off. Because you can't, like, you can't, you can't, you can't control it. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. But what you can do is give them a boundary. I, I disagree know. on it. But, I mean, that's, yeah, why, that's why it's a millennial moment. That's what you're supposed to agree. Um... I'm dead on it. So also, you cut them off? I'm working on cutting people off. So but I'm within gonna, this, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't cut situation. people off really. Yeah. So, um, I have experienced females being real shysty, and especially at that age, like you're, they're not very mature, and so saying stuff like "let's share him." Nah, fam, we not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, I just had a scary thought. Limiting the interaction altogether. Like my interaction with you and your interaction with my man, like, but I'm also gonna tell you that this interaction is gonna be limited because you've said some foul stuff and like I don't play that. Because, again, I've experienced some females, and this was like in high school and beginning of college, but they really do it. Like, you will have, yeah, they really, you yeah. will have females that are out here just really trying to get your man. So, yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm just not I here for kinda, it. I guess I'm just not here for I, it. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, now nah, I get it now. Um. You got to be careful. And if they feel comfortable to say stuff like that, I think that they probably said it in a joking way. But I don't know that I've ever had a friend say to me, let's share your man. Nah, I've never. I have had the, does he have a brother? Oh, he like So that's like a compliment that you think he's a good guy. He's attractive. But let's share him takes it the step too far. I just had a thought like they probably already then flirted mm. you know like they've probably she's probably already like hit on him you know mm-hmm. it's i'll possible. probably ask him like you know has she like she kind of makes me feel weird when she make these comments like has she ever like hit on you before because i'm pretty sure nine times out of ten he'll probably be like well well it was this one time like mm. and then you really gotta cut her off and then yeah. you know boom <laughs> that may be your confirmation right there like don't make it a big deal towards him but just I'll probably talk to him about it and just be like, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Um, because the, uh, I don't know if you should do that either. Because what if you like, nah, man, she cool. Like, man, you tripping. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, they I don't slipping think it's, on a slippery slope. Like, yeah, that's just. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I, I take, yeah, I probably would cut them off now that I'm thinking about it. And you 23 too, them guys. Cut what you care about? What you care about at 23? It, T- tell me one thing you wish you care about at 23. And it's not. Oh, the let D. Me my just res- nails done. <laughs> right. The D is what I cared about. You didn't have that much loyalty at 23. Hey. And it's not like she said they're her best friends. Now, now, if they're your best friends, you know, then you kind of know them a little bit more. But these just homies. And, and the way these kids get- are now. Yeah. Nah. Let it go, Kelly. Let's. For you be on the phone with your god daddy and your boyfriend trying to figure out why he cheated on you. (laughs) 
I'm good on it, baby. I don't even yeah. got nothing else to say. Yeah, Cardi says. Nope. Cut him off. Can't put past, nothing past nobody. Yeah, but then what if him and what if like what if her and the dude don't? Well, nah, you just don't want that type of person. Or yeah, yeah. Those little comments like that. Come on, like. Who says that? Yeah, that's wack. Let's share him. <laughs> so wack. The let's share him takes it too far. It just does. The first little comment, it was like, he's somebody I'll date. That, I that's guess, that's kind of almost yeah. like the, does he have a brother, does he have a cousin type of nah, thing. Nah, that's bold. That's like saying, I want your man. That's basically what she's saying. For sure. <laughs> like, I date him. Yeah. Let's, even to the point where it's, let's share him. Like, bitch, move over. We're going to share him. What? <laughs> like, the fuck? She said, move over. Yeah. Um, yeah, sister's throat. Well, thanks for writing in, Kelly. We're all against it. Tell yeah. them smooches. Oh, Kelly Price. Ghost her. Just a little light, a little light separation. You ain't got to make it a big deal. Hit her yeah. with the ghost. I wouldn't even have a conversation with her. Like, you definitely no need don't for a have conversation. To. All right, I'm starting a new word of the day trend, which I'm going to be giving you guys legal terms each week. Today's word of the day, which is kind of a phrase, but not really, is quid pro quo. I can't even say it. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo means something that is given in exchange for something else. In everyday terminology, it means it can be best described as I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. Justin, please use quid pro quo in a sentence. Michelle, quid pro quo me $10 on Cash App. <laughs> Clearly not what the definition is. It is a noun. <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard one for me. I'll try after Mish. I'm thinking. You not. Go ahead, Mish. That's a noun. Um, so the hairstylist and the nail tech have a quid pro quo agreement to do what <laughs> you do my hair i do your nails okay okay uh, that's no yeah i say oh yeah. which was yours car it's a barter situation go ahead justin right? um <laughs> barter is a good term I really don't know. I can't. <laughs> I can't. If only y'all could see his face. He looked like that baby uh, filter. My back Y'all been seeing that baby filter? I'm getting off the phone. Uh, <laughs> on the phone? <laughs> That's Who what I say when to? I get mad. I'm getting oh. off the phone. <laughs> All right. Um, I ordered calamari from the restaurant, and she told me they only had squid pro quo in the bag. Not squid pro quo. I hate you. <laughs> Bye. That's why I can't Bye. take this shit serious. <laughs> Bye. Like, I'm not going to fucking wreck my brain. So I can't take this serious. Bye. Bye.